How many of you like football? I love football. I love football. I, I, I love football so much that I will watch games of teams that I have no interest in. Because I like football. My wife doesn't understand. She's like, are the Green Bay Packers playing? No. Is Notre Dame playing? No. Why are you watching this game? What she says to me. Why are you watching this game? And she's shaking her head up and down right now. going, yes. Why are you watching this game? If it's not your teams, why do you even care? It's because I like football. I like watching the games. Uh, and, and I can usually find a justification. I can find a reason for why I want to watch the game. It, 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 it impacts one of my teams in some way. Uh, whether it's a team that the Packers are going to play down the line or it's a team that's ahead of Notre Dame in the rankings, I can justify watching any kind of football game at any time because I love football. How many of you do the same thing? Anybody? Yeah. We are a football nut-crazy world. We, we love football in this country. And not the kind that you can't touch the ball with your hands. That's not football. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Football is played with a pigskin, and you score touchdowns, not goals. Anyway, soapbox over. Okay. Now, in the, in the pro football and in college football, they have each uh, has a Hall of Fame. The Pro Football Hall of Fame right there uh, is uh, in Canton, Ohio. And the College Football Hall of Fame used to be in South Bend, Indiana. Now it's in Atlanta, Georgia. And you think about a Hall of Fame. And what a Hall of Fame is for, it is for players who were exceptional in their career, whether it's a college career or professional career, uh, they had uh, extraordinary careers. Uh, your average Joe doesn't get into a Hall of Fame. You've got to be really, really good at what you do. You may have to set uh, all kinds of records to get in the Hall of Fame, or you may have to uh, play at a high level for many years with consistency to get into a Hall of Fame. That's the goal of every player, is to either win a Super Bowl or a championship or to get in the Hall of Fame. To be voted on by your peers as worthy of being in a Hall of Fame. Not everybody gets in a Hall of Fame. Not everyone gets in the Hall of Fame. And even those who are in the Hall of Fame weren't perfect. You think about a quarterback. A quarterback in the Hall of Fame, such as a Bart Starr from the Green Bay Packers. He threw interceptions. He fumbled the ball. He wasn't perfect in every game. Bart, uh, Brett Favre, another great Packers quarterback, was just inducted into the Green Bay Packers Hall of Fame this summer. And let me tell you, Brett Favre at one point had the most uh, touchdown passes of any quarterback in the history of the NFL. But you know what he also had? The most interceptions out of any quarterback in the history of the NFL. A record that he still holds. A record that breaks my heart. Because a couple years, uh, several years ago, Green Bay was playing in the NFC Championship game against the New York Giants. And it was overtime. And he dropped back and said, eh, forget it. And he just chucked the ball downfield and threw an interception. New York Giants went on and scored. They went to the Super Bowl, won the Super Bowl, when it should have been my Packers winning their fourth Super Bowl so they could win their fifth Super Bowl. Anyway, I'm not bitter or anything. Brett Favre. We'll let it go eventually. But even quarterbacks threw interceptions. Like I said, Favre's going in the Hall of Fame, but he threw the most interceptions out of anybody in the history of the NFL. 
They, running backs fumbled the ball. Running backs didn't, hit, didn't score a touchdown every time they touched the ball. A lot of times they got tackled or were tackled for a loss or, or they fumbled the ball. Wide receivers fumbled the ball. Linebackers miss, missed tackles. You don't have to be perfect to be in the Hall of Fame. In fact, no one in the Hall of Fame is perfect. I wonder if there was a spiritual Hall of Fame if any of us would be in it. You may be thinking to yourself right now, there is no way. A spiritual hall of fame. How would one get into a spiritual hall of fame? Maybe maybe if you um, surrendered your life uh, as a martyr for your faith. Maybe if you were martyred for your faith, that might get you into the hall of fame, that you you died uh, because of your faith. Maybe that might get you into a a spiritual hall of fame. Or maybe if you were uh, to give your life in service to the poor and needy in Jesus' name, and and you gave your life uh, every day to serving the poor and the needy in the name of Jesus, maybe that might get you into the hall of fame. Or maybe if you became a missionary or became a pastor, then then maybe that might get you into the hall of fame if if you're a really good pastor. I have no idea what that's like. But... um, if, if you're a really good missionary or a really good pastor, or maybe if you evangelized just thousands of people and you witnessed to thousands of people and shared your faith with thousands of people and they were going to heaven because you shared your faith with them and they put their faith and trust in Jesus, that, that maybe that, that might get you into heaven. Or that might, might get you into the Hall of Fame, the spiritual Hall of Fame. Uh, if you um, were to uh, do all kinds of good deeds... If you were to uh, serve at the church for your your entire life or give your life in full-time Christian service, maybe that might get you into the spiritual hall of fame. But let's face it. None of us probably feel good enough or feel like we've done enough or feel like we could even do enough to get into a spiritual hall of fame. None of us feel worthy enough of being in a spiritual hall of fame because we know that we're flawed. We know that we have failures. We know that we have weaknesses. It may be that we yell at our kids too much. No, not us. We never yell at our children, right? Or maybe you yell at your spouse too much. Ouch. <laughs> maybe that one hurt, stung a little bit. Or, or maybe because uh, you're living a lifestyle that you know doesn't please God and, and you know that you're doing things and, and maybe habits or addictions, things that you know, bad habits you've gotten into, sinful lifestyle that you've gotten into that makes you go, man, if there was a spiritual hall of fame, there's no way I'd ever be qualified. There's no way I could ever get into the spiritual hall of fame because of this, this thing I keep doing and I can't seem to stop doing. This sin in my life that just will not let go of me. Maybe you feel like I wouldn't be in a spiritual hall of fame because I'm not very faithful in my church attendance or, or I don't read my Bible enough or I don't pray enough. Or I wouldn't be in a spiritual hall of fame uh, because of this sin or that sin or because of this decision I made, this life-altering decision I made many years ago. I made some uh, poor choice or some poor decision many years ago. And because of that poor decision, because of that poor choice I made, I feel like I've been disqualified from a spiritual hall of fame. Well, I I believe that in the Bible, I, I believe that there is a spiritual hall of fame. 
there is a hall of fame of faith. And it's found in Hebrews chapter 11. We've been studying the book of Hebrews on Sunday mornings this summer. And we've seen how Jesus is greater. And that's what this sermon series is called. It's called Jesus is Greater. And it's all about how Jesus is greater than the Old Testament heroes. He is greater than the Old Testament laws, the Old Testament rules and regulations. He's greater than the Old Testament covenant. Jesus is greater than the Old Testament. He is the fulfillment of the prophecies of the Old Testament. He is the one to whom the Old Testament points to. But he is greater. He is greater than all. And so this morning, uh, we're going to look at a spiritual hall of fame, a hall of fame of faith found in Hebrews 11. Uh, Hebrews 11 is often known as the faith chapter. And it talks 18 times. Uh, the author of Hebrews uses the words by faith. And he refers to a bunch of Old Testament heroes. And here's the thing, is that as we read their names, and you may have heard of some of these people and some of the things they did, uh, and, and this chapter in Hebrews 11 really talks about how how the, the depth of their faith and how great their faith was. But at the same time, there's some things that we know about the Old Testament heroes that made them less than perfect. They were flawed, many of them. Some of them were just downright failures. Yet they were considered to be faithful enough and to have enough faith to be listed in a faith hall of fame. So if you are sitting there this morning, and if you're like me, and we know our faults, we know our failures, we know our weaknesses, and we think there's no way I could ever be in a spiritual or faith hall of fame, I have good news for you. I have good news for you. You don't have to be perfect to be in the spiritual hall of faith. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 11. If you don't have a Bible, you can grab one out of the chair rack in front of you. If you don't know where Hebrews 11 is, you'll find it on page 851 of that Bible. Uh, and uh, if you uh, know where it is, then, then you probably turned there already. Uh, we encourage you to bring your Bible if you have one. Uh, if you don't have one, talk to me. We'll work on getting you one. But we're going to look at Hebrews chapter 11. And we're going to look at the first two verses. Now, Hebrews 11 is kind of a long verse, so we're a long chapter. So we're going to take this pretty quick um, so we can get through the whole thing. Uh, chapter 11, verses 1 and 2. Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. This is what the ancients were convic- con- ah, commended for. The author of Hebrews begins with a simple definition of faith. And, and it has two components to it in the Greek in the original language, conviction and confidence. Conviction and confidence. There is an inner conviction of faith that what we know to be true, what we believe to be true, is true. We have this inner conviction. And it's not based on outward uh, uh, expressions, um, uh, outward things that we see, but rather it is a hope that God has placed in our hearts by his grace, that when we put our faith and trust in Jesus, when we believe that he is the son of God, that he died for our sins, he's the only way to salvation, that God puts hope in our hearts. And we don't know how it gets there. Yet somehow, when we put our faith and trust in Jesus, we believe in him, repent from our sins, confess our faith and are baptized, that God puts this hope in our hearts. And if you remember what we talked about last week, we talked about how Jesus is our hope. What did we say? Hope is a confident expectation of a reality. 
It is a confident expectation that something is going to happen. And when we say that we have the hope of heaven, we have a confident expectation that God, by his grace, has saved us and has given us the promise of eternal life. So we have this inner conviction of the promises of God that they are true. There is also an outward confidence. There is a confidence we have uh, by faith in things that even though we cannot see them, even though we cannot see uh, God and we have never seen Jesus, we still have faith and an inner uh, and outward confidence that what we believe is true. And that's called faith. It is an inner conviction and a confidence that what we believe is true. And that's not necessarily something that we do for ourselves. That's not something that we have for ourselves. It is a gift of God. As it says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, that we have a gift that God gives us by his grace. And it is a measure of faith. Now, faith is hard. Faith isn't easy. Faith is uh, believing in things that you cannot see. And that's not always easy. Anybody find that faith is easy? I didn't think so. For some people, I admire them, that faith comes very easy to them. And they're like, yeah, I believe. I got no problem. But I, I, I think that that's why God tells us to become like little children in our faith. That Jesus says that we, we need to have the faith of a child, the faith of a little child. Because children are believers, right? They'll believe things. They believe stuff you tell them. It's when we get older that we get skeptical. It's when we get older that we have doubts. Our faith is shaken and shattered by the circumstances of life that's when we start to have doubts it's when life gets difficult because when you're a kid you know the worst thing that happens to you is a mom and dad won't buy you ice cream from the ice cream man but as we get older life is full of disappointments that are greater than the ice cream man that's where faith comes in it's believing in that which we cannot see it's that inner conviction and that confidence that what we believe is true. Let's keep reading in Hebrews chapter 11, starting in verse 3, uh, and going up through verse, uh, 10, uh, verse 12. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did, by faith, he was commended as a righteous man when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, he still speaks, even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith, Noah when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear built an ark to save his family. By his faith he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. By faith Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. By faith, Abraham, even though he was past age and Sarah herself was barren, was enabled to become a father because he considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, 
uh, and he as good as dead came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. So we see this hall of fame of faith uh, and it gets started with us. By faith we believe in God. By faith we believe that he created the universe. And none of us were there. None of us were there when he created the universe, when he spoke it into being. In Genesis chapter 1, it says that uh, in the beginning, uh, uh, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and void, that there was nothing, and out of nothing, God created everything. And that takes faith, because you couldn't see it. And we can't see it, and we, can't, uh, we weren't there to, to see it. And if you notice, uh, through these different people listed in this hall of fame of faith uh, a lot of them uh, acted without knowledge they acted without sight abraham went to a place that he could not see noah uh, built an ark when he could not see that it was going to rain Uh, they believed without seeing and they acted without seeing they acted on faith but we start to see some less than perfect people Here in Hebrews chapter 11. Noah, for example, got drunk. Abraham says he's commended for his faith because uh, because he believed God's promises about having a child. But he took matters into his own hand. And and he tried to have a child with his wife's servant. With his wife's slave. Hagar. See, he, he didn't completely trust in God's plan. He and Sarah tried to take matters into their own hands. And then later, Abraham lied about Sarah being his wife. So we start to see a a few um, flaws in the Hall of Fame. Let's keep going in verse 13. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. And they admitted that they were aliens and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Notice what it says in verse 13, that all of them were living by faith when they died. And I think that is the key to getting in the hall of fame. And we'll talk about this in just a minute. The key to getting in the hall of fame of faith is is not how you live your life here on earth as far as if you're perfect or not and, and sinless or not. It's are you living by faith consistently? Are you living by faith uh, until you die? Are you living with perseverance? Because if you've noticed throughout the book of Hebrews, we have this common theme that we are to live by perseverance and faithfulness. We are to live lives of perseverance and faithfulness. And when we do that, when we are living by faith each and every day, then we will find that our faith grows and that we will find at the end of our lives that that which we have been promised, these greater promises that Jesus gives, these greater promises, this greater hope that Jesus gives, we will find that it, the rewards are ours. Just as these ancients were looking forward to rewards that they could not see, we are looking forward to a reward that we cannot see. I can't see heaven, but I know it's there. It's the hope that God has put in my heart that when I die, by His grace, I will enter into eternal rest, into eternal peace, into eternal joy and eternal love in His presence. Not because of any great things I have done, 
but because of the wonderful thing Jesus did when he died on the cross for my sins. Are you living by faith each and every day? We're going to read a big passage now, starting in verse 17, up through verse 38. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had received the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead, and figuratively speaking, he did receive Isaac back from, the de- from death. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worshipped as he leaned on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions about his bones. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land, but when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the people had marched around them for seven days. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. And what what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured and refused to be released so that they might gain a better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging, while still others were chained and put in prison. They were stoned, they were sawed in two, they were put to death by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains and in caves and holes in the ground. It's quite a hall of fame. It's quite a hall of fame resume. But again, we see different people in this hall of fame that were less than perfect. You think about what I said about Abraham. You think about Jacob, and he was a deceiver. He deceived his brother Esau. He deceived his father. You have uh, Moses, who killed an Egyptian slave master because he was mistreating a Hebrew slave. Committed murder, and then went on to lead the people out of Egypt. Verse 29 says, the people passed through the, the, by faith the people passed on, through the Red Sea as on dry land. You think about the Israelites wandering around in the wilderness for 40 years. They did not believe God. All they did was complain for 40 years. And yet it was their faith that caused them to walk through the Red Sea on dry land. Then you have verse 31. By faith the prostitute Rahab. In the hall of fame of faith there is a prostitute named Rahab. You think she lived a perfect life? Yet she's in the hall of fame of faith. Then you got Gideon, who was a spiritual weakling. Samson, who couldn't control his appetites. David, the murderer after God's own heart, who not only committed adultery with Bathsheba, but killed her husband as well. All of these people in this hall of fame of faith, yet none of them were perfect. 
And so we sometimes think, well, I've got to be perfect uh, for, for God to even take notice of me, for God to even uh, look at me, and that's not true. You don't have to be perfect to be in the Hall of Fame of Faith. Let's look at verses 39 and 40. These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us they would be made perfect. We have a greater hope through Jesus. That through Jesus Christ and his blood shed on the cross, we have a greater hope. And this greater hope is for everyone who will believe. It is for you, it is for me. It is not the hope of a, 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 a wish upon a star or a, some pie in the sky. But rather, it is the hope that comes from knowing Jesus, that he will take us to be with him forever and ever and ever. And here's the point. You don't have to have a Hall of Fame faith to have a greater hope in Jesus. You don't have to have a Hall of Fame faith to have the greater hope that Jesus gives. That Jesus will give you this greater hope. No matter how strong your faith or how, or how flawed you are or how much of a failure you are or whatever your weaknesses are, that God can make up the difference by His grace. That when you put your faith and trust in Jesus, that all the things you've ever done, all the thoughts you've ever thought, the, the weaknesses of, of your sins, they're washed away. And, and so uh, my challenge for you today, my challenge for you today is to live faithfully, to live with perseverance, and to live with faithfulness. Because it's hard. Following Jesus is not easy. It's not for wimps. It is not for the, the faint of heart. Following Jesus is difficult. Having faith is difficult because we cannot see. And we like to believe in things that we can see, things that we can touch, things that we can taste, things that we can smell. We like to believe in what we know. But I believe that when we take God's word on faith, that he fills our hearts with hope. And we have that inner confidence. We have that, that inner conviction. We have that confidence that what God says is true. We don't have to live lives of perfection, and we can't. If we could, Jesus wouldn't have had to come and die. But because Jesus came and died, it tells me that I cannot live a life of, of sinless perfection. I need him to make me perfect, and that happens by faith. So my challenge for you today is to do what the ancients did. What it says uh, in verse 13, all these people were still living by faith when they died. That as you live your life, live by faith. Like I said, it's not easy. It's downright difficult. But by God's grace, through faith in Jesus, you will find that your faith will grow and grow and grow the longer you walk with Him. There will be times when you take two steps back, three steps forward, one step back, four steps back, two steps forward. It's a journey. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Faith is a journey, and we're all on it together. So let us encourage each other in our walk with faith. And, and while there may not be a hall of fame of faith, uh, and you may feel like your, your name will never be written in it, I, I believe that there is 
a book. There is a Lamb's book of life. And this Lamb's book of life, your name may not be in a hall of fame, but your, lamb, your name is in a book. And it is the Lamb's book of life that is talked about in the book of Revelation. That God, when you put your faith and trust in Jesus, God writes your name in this book. And he gives you the promise of eternal life. And while there may not be a physical building of a hall of fame of faith, there is a building that Jesus talks about in John 14. He says, in my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. That there is a building that God has prepared for those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. There is a, a building that Jesus is preparing for those who love him and who are following him by faith. So my friends, do not give up. Do not lose hope. Do not lose heart. Do not lose faith. Rather, live a life of faithfulness and perseverance until the very end so that it may be said of us that we were living by faith when we died. And then when we do pass from this life and we enter into life eternal, we will find that our names are written in that Lamb's book of life and our, our home is prepared for us by the one who is the object of our faith. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, God, this morning we come to you in our weaknesses and in our failures, in our flaws. We are feeble and we are frail. We miss the mark. We fall short. We don't always measure up. God, we pray that you would forgive us for our sinfulness, that you would forgive us for our weaknesses, for our struggles, for our temptations that we do not resist when we give in and we sin. We pray that you would forgive us. We ask now that you would strengthen us by, our, uh, by your Holy Spirit, that you would give us faith, that you would give us an extra measure of faith to believe, an extra measure of faith to persevere, that we would keep running the race toward the prize. Thank you for writing our names in the Lamb's Book of Life. Thank you for building a home for us. God, too often we do not feel like we are worthy to be called your children. Too often we do not feel like we are worthy to have our names in a hall of fame. But Lord, through Jesus, you give us faith to believe, faith to persevere. Help us this week, God, to live by faith. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.